In this episode of Influencers, co-founder of SecureSave.com and the host of the Women and Money podcast, Susie Orman. Don't think that it isn't possible that one of you, that you think everything's going great, may find yourself without a job, but this time, the government isn't going to save you. It's really important that you adjust how you spend your money and how much you spend versus how much you save. And if you can build a solid financial foundation, no matter what happens, you'll be fine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Influencers. I'm Andy Serwer, and welcome to our guest, Susie Orman, co-founder of SecureSave.com and host of the Women and Money podcast. Susie, so great to see you again. Thank you, Andy. Always love to be with you. So much to talk about. want to ask you a lot about SecureSave.com, but first, let's talk about the news. And inflation is just top of mind right now. If you look at gas prices, food prices, and it's also an issue that many American adults haven't faced in their lifetime because it's been so long since we had our last bout of inflation. You and I remember it, uh, but a lot of people don't. So how can people address this and factor it into their budgeting going forward? How should people think about it, Susie? Yeah, I think people really, really need to get that, in my opinion, anyway, this is here to stay for quite a while. And even if it's not here to stay in terms of maybe what we pay for a box of cereal or whatever it may be, when those companies, again, in my opinion, shrink their packaging, so you're paying the same price, but you're getting less in terms of what you're really paying for, do you really think when this goes away, Andy, that they're going to make their boxes bigger again? I don't think so. So when corporations find that they can make a fortune off of us, which they are, look at the oil companies, then you have got to understand that it's really important that you adjust how you spend your money and how much you spend versus how much you save. So the simple answer to this is you all have to save more and spend less, but a lot of you haven't been really, really hurt yet. Like there are some people, Andy, that the inflation, so what I'm paying $7 for a gallon of gasoline in California, I can afford it. But there are 80 to 100 million people that are seriously suffering right now. So what all of you have to do seriously is to cut back. I get that you love that you're going out and you get to go to movies again and you get to eat out and you get to go to sporting events. If you are struggling to pay your bills right now and it's not going to get any better, you have got to self-discipline yourself and you have to turn back to my old favorite motto, you have to just do what you need versus what you want to do, Andy. And that really is the key to getting through this. The uh, partner, if you will, uh, the evil twin with inflation is rising interest rates, Susie. And of course, we're seeing that in spades. Um, people are racking up credit card debt because they want to go back uh, traveling again. Uh, what is your advice for people who want to spend to make up for lost time because of the pandemic in this uh, environment where interest rates are going up? Yeah, I would tell you, don't be a financial fool. I'd like you to think back again to really two years ago when the pandemic did hit. And the only reason that most of you were able to make it 
is because of stimulus checks, unemployment checks, extra unemployment checks. You didn't have to pay your student loan. You didn't have to pay the payment on possibly your rent, your mortgage, and other things. That is not where we are right now. And so if you're going into debt, and it's true, you're watching credit card debt build up higher than it's been in a long, long time. You're watching savings account, Andy, go down from where people were at their all-time high of saving down to our savings rate of where we were in 2013. I am telling you, you're going to be in trouble because it is possible, everybody. If you're doing that, listen to me closely. You're going to find corporations that because of their earnings, because they're not meeting the expectations of what they should be doing for Wall Street, which means their stock price, don't think that they aren't going to start to lay people off, to cut down on their workforce. Don't think that it isn't possible that one of you, that you think everything's going great, may find yourself without a job, but this time, the government isn't going to save you. You're going to have to save yourself. So start being smart today. If you don't have at least a 12-month emergency fund, oh, you better start working on that right now. Because if you don't, you could find yourself in serious trouble. All right, so did the government overdo it, Susie? This is a controversial topic, right? And, and are we headed into a recession? What do you think? Um, I do think the government overdid it in many different ways. I think that they should have started to raise interest rates, the Fed's, before they did, they waited too long. I think many people that I personally know got stimulus checks. And the truth of the matter is they really didn't need them because it was based on income. And a lot of people who had lower income didn't spend as much. They didn't go out. They didn't do all these things. And all of a sudden, now they're having all of these checks come into them. And so, yeah, I think they really overdid it. I personally think that we are heading into a recession, a mild one, either at the end of this year or the beginning of next. And the truth of the matter is, whether we go into recession or we don't go into recession, you have at least 80 million people out there that are really being hit hard by this. You have almost the entire United States or world that's looking at their 401k statements watching it having gone down significantly. You have many people that are in retirement right now. And while it's true that maybe they're getting good dividends now or whatever it may be, a lot of them were not invested in dividend paying stocks and they have to now cash out on many things to just retire, pay their bills. So I think we're in a very precarious situation now. There are fabulous investments out there like series I bonds that will absolutely allow you, if you want a place to be safe and sound with money, to put money, to make money on your money above inflation. But besides that, it's really, what do you do with money today? It's a little bit difficult if you ask me. Yeah, I want to get back to that. But before we do that, I've got to ask you about Securesave.com. It's a really interesting mm -hmm. endeavor and ask you what it does, what you're trying to do here and how it's tied into some of these problems we've been talking about. Yeah, well, Andy, you know, you say that we've known each other for a very long time and we've been doing this for a very long time. And the one thing that I have said for a really long time is every single per person needs an emergency savings account. 
I've said it and I've said it and I'll always save it, say it. The problem is people, unless it's automated, they just don't do it. There's always something else that comes up that that money can go to versus a savings account, an emergency savings account. So about two years ago, Devin Miller and Vassam Saliba, two incredible um, men, and I started Secure Save, which is one of the very first employer-matched emergency savings account for employees. So the way that it works, and it's very simple, you can go to Secure Save and see how simple it really is, is that the employer working with their payroll division, and we do that automatically for them, simply deducts an amount of money, maybe $25 a paycheck, that's it, from the employee's paycheck. The employer matches about $3 per paycheck. That's really a 12% return to the employee. The employee gets to access that money anytime they want because it's not in plan. It's out of plan. So they get the money. They can access it anytime they want on their little app. They're getting a nice return on their money. We have a 60% adoption rate within the first week or two when people find out about this. It's so simple for the HR people. It's not even funny. We do all the work for them. And we now have found the San Antonio Spurs. Many large companies are doing this to help their employees so their employees stop going to their 401k plans for loans. Do you know the average loan from a 401k plan is under $500? Hmm. And the work that that takes to do that and the dangers of doing it. So it's fabulous. It's an employer matched emergency savings plan for the employees that does not cost the employee one penny. And if they quit or they leave, they get to take it with them. So, so a bunch of questions. What companies, you mentioned the Spurs, other companies have signed up. How many? Can you give us some other names? How's it going? And what's in it for the companies? I mean, they're giving you money that, you know, there's no such a thing as a free lunch. Why are they doing this, Susie? They're doing it, number one, because they realize one of the most important needs that their employees have is a place to go to get money for an emergency because they don't have it. Now, I'm talking about employees that are making $35,000, dollars $50,000 a year. If you're making $200,000 a year, you have money, you're okay. But I'm talking about the fabric, Andy, of America. The people that serve you when you go into a McDonald's or whatever it is. The people that do a lot of the service jobs. Those people, they're lucky if they have $400 to their name. So what the employer is seeing, oh my God, the employees are loving this. They need this. They want this. We've done many, many surveys. And when asked, asking the employee out of all the plans that the employer is offering you from educational plans on your money to whatever it may be, what is the one plan that you wished your employer would offer you? They all said an emergency savings account because we don't know where to go or what to do. If our car breaks down, our refrigerator breaks down, something happens like that. So this solves that problem. So the employer is doing it because now they have a more productive employee. They have an employee that honors this because the employer 
is doing it to them and it costs their employer so little, it's not even funny. It can be anywhere from a dollar to $3 a participating employee. So if you have like 700,000 employees, not all of them are gonna do it. So it's not gonna be a fee for every employee that works for you, just those that sign up. Got it. Um, I wanna shift gears a little bit and ask you about the housing market, uh, if I may. Ooh. And again, a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, housing prices have skyrocketed. If you're a home buyer, mortgages are going through the roof. What's your advice to buyers out there right now, Susie? Well, I think the tables have turned a little. I don't think you're going to see homes go down really in value. You know, the truth is real estate always does pretty well during a recession, if you think about it. And we are used to 17%, 30% gains over the past two or three years on real estate. I think if you own real estate, you're not going to see it go down dramatically. Maybe you'll see it go up only 5% or 7% a year. What will change, however, is the anxiety of, of buyers because now they're going to have time. You're not going to see a house go on the market again, in my opinion, and get 30 offers over the asking price. I think now maybe you'll see three offers, four offers. Maybe you have to lower your asking price a little bit. But if you want to buy a piece of real estate, you really need to think about it. I think it's a fine investment if you're looking for a home over your head in that rents still are going up, housing still, there's a shortage to it. So, but I think you can take your time, but you really need to know, can you afford it at a five and a half, six percent 6% mortgage rate? Can you afford it with probabilities of property taxes, insurance going up, with maintenance when you go to repair something? or replace something, it's gonna cost you a whole lot more. So just see the entire picture before you jump in. I think that it's a little bit different than it was a year or two ago where people were jumping in, Andy, just to make money. Now I think you should jump in because you want a home and you don't wanna be subject to increasing rentals or you know what your rent costs are going to be. Too late to refi if you're a homeowner? Yes. It is too late to refi. So you Absolutely, sit without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And be very careful because, Andy, a lot of people, I'm sure, are going to be sucked into adjustable rate mortgages. I think if you're going to buy a home and you think you're only going to keep it a few years, think again. Most people who say they're going to stay for two or three years and then they're going to sell, so they'll take advantage of something, they keep it for 15 years, 20 years. Or maybe the market isn't good, or maybe you can't afford to qualify for a new mortgage or whatever it may be. If, if you can only afford a home because you're doing an adjustable rate mortgage and you don't know how they really work, I would be very careful with them if I were you. And renters, uh, just one more on, on, on housing, they have to manage this inflation. And can you work with your landlords to renegotiate your lease? Yeah, I doubt highly that many of the landlords now are going to renegotiate with you if you haven't been a stellar tenant. Because a landlord will really value you if you keep up the property, if you paint on your own, you make it even more valuable for them. But if you've been a tenant that's been complaining, that doesn't do anything, and you can't afford it, good luck, the landlord trying to work with you. 
So you have to be careful out there. You also have to be really careful and make sure that your FICO scores stay up because good luck for a landlord to rent to you if you don't have a good financial situation where you can pay them because they've already suffered throughout the entire pandemic years when they weren't getting rent, they weren't working, they had their own problems. So they're going to be, in my opinion, again, a little bit more selfish than they had to be a few years ago. Another very hot topic, particularly amongst millennials, Susie, is student loan forgiveness. And of course, yes. there are calls for that. And I'm wondering what your take is on that. Is that a free ride that shouldn't happen? Or is it things got out of control and maybe we should give these kids a break? Things got out of control. It's true. But nobody forced those kids, Andy, to take a loan. Nobody sat down with those kids and said, listen, you should never take out more of a loan than what you will earn the first year after you've gotten out of college. I get that. And do I also get, however, that it's a main income source for the United States government? I mean, they were charging 6% on student loans when interest rates were way under that just because they were making so much money. So shame on the government for really taking advantage of our students that way. So there's fault on both parts. You know, I have to tell you, I'm not sure where I stand on it because I would want to make sure that the kids that got the relief from student loans are kids that truly deserve it, really deserve it. One of the things that aggravates me the most is that when I get emails from the Women in Money podcast saying, how do we hide money and do all of these things so our kids can, you know, qualify for certain student aid and things like that? If you have money, pay for your kids. If your kids can't afford it, then they need to take out a loan in their own name, but you need to educate them. So, all right, you want to forgive $10,000 and everything. All right, I don't have a problem with that. I think I have a big problem given how much debt we already carry. How much debt can the United States hold, Andy, before it collapses seriously? So I'm not an advocate for totally forgiving student loan debt, whatever. However, students also need to know the laws. And one of the great laws that was passed in 2021 was that those who have student loans besides the um, public student loan forgiveness program, you have a student loan. And if it is forgiven between 2021 and 2025, it will not be a taxable event. So those students that have income-based repayment plans they're on, where their student loan has actually been growing because they've been paying back the student loan based on their income. And at the end of 25 years, when it would be forgiven, they owe taxes on that money. But if it's forgiven between the years of 2021 and what, 2025, no taxes. So if you're in an income-based repayment program, please know where you are when it's going to be forgiven and maybe you'll hit it and be lucky with that. All right, that one really got you going, Susie. Well, it gets me going <laughs> because I hate the fact that these kids are taking out such large student yeah, loans. Right, right. And I'm not even sure, I'm just gonna say this, Andy, that given artificial intelligence and where things is, are going, that our workforce isn't gonna be replaced by robots and machines and will they 
even find a job mm. in the future? And was college worth it? I don't know. If I had a kid and I didn't have money, I would go and make sure that they could be a painter, an electrician, a boat mechanic. Oh my God. That's what I would be encouraging my kid to do today if they didn't know what they wanted to do. And right now though, the job market is still white hot and is for you know, lower income workers actually have some leverage right now, higher income workers saying they wanna work at home. You know, so the balance is really, the balance power has shifted. What's your take on that right now and how long lasting do you think that's going to be? I don't think it's gonna be long lasting. I think in the long run, those that supply the jobs and you pressure them, all of a sudden you do find yourself replaced by a machine. You find yourself replaced by artificial intelligence. You think that nobody can do your job? I'm replaced by a financial robot. All of us can be replaced with jobs like that. Even a service provider, little robot brings out your meal to you or whatever it may be. It's really hard to have a maintenance worker build a house, paint a house, build a wood cabinet, maybe. But I'd be very careful people with thinking that right now, what you want, you're gonna get. Cause one day that's going to turn, just saying. I want to ask you about the financial markets. Let's start with the stock market and then we'll go to yes. crypto. But the market right now has retreated. And, you know, is it uh, a forward looking mechanism? Is this the end of the downturn? Do we have more downturn to go? What's your take, Susie? Yeah, I don't think this is the end of it by any means. Um, for many technical reasons, I don't think it did what it needed to do for us to say it's over right now. I think we're experiencing a bear bounce, you know, um, sorry, a bull bounce within a bear market. I think we have a whole lot more to go down. And I think it, you know, come August, September, I think that's when we may see it get a little bit ugly. But with that said, if the market goes down and you're invested every month within your 401k or any retirement plan, hopefully it's a Roth retirement plan, and you have 10, 20, 30 years till you need this money. In my opinion, you should all be wishing and a praying and a hoping that these markets go down. Because the more these markets go down, the more your mutual fund or exchange traded fund shares go down, the more shares you get to buy in the long run when it turns around and goes back up again, the more money you will make. The key to your success will be to keep investing no matter what, as long as you know that you are in good quality stocks, exchange traded funds, mutual funds, hopefully those with very low expense ratios on them. For those of you, if you have a lump sum of money to invest right now, by no means would I be investing it right here and right now. If you want a dollar cost average every two or three months into it, okay, but I would be careful. If you need to go in the market, Obviously, oil stocks and energy have been a fabulous place. If you've been listening to the Women in Money podcast in March of 2020, I would have told you to buy XLE at that time when it was paying you. I thought it was the craziest thing I ever did in my life, Andy. And I say that on the podcast 
This may be the dumbest thing I've ever done given you are paying people $30 a barrel to take the oil away from you. This is the time now to buy. Oil has performed incredibly well um, for us. I do think oil will go up to about $135, maybe $145 a barrel. But I do think you need to watch your oil stocks carefully because it can turn at any time. And we've made a tremendous amount of money within the energy area. Just watch it carefully, everybody, because it can turn on a dime. But overall, if you want to be safe and sound, at least get dividend paying stocks within the stock market that are paying you at least 3% or more. Make sure you know about the companies and how they work. So at least you're getting something while these markets continue down. Just a couple more, uh, Susie, and I've got to ask you about crypto. Rat poison or the future of financial investments? The word you just used there was investments. You did not use the word currency. I don't think they are the future of currency, but I do think if you understood blockchain technology as to what these cryptos are, you know, are built on, the blockchain alone can make things be really, really revolutionary in many, many different ways. So like Ethereum 2.0, when it comes out, once they go to broadband and things like that, I think you could see Ethereum absolutely take off. However, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solano, all of them, you have to be a little careful right now because all of a sudden it seems like they may be regulated you know, under commodities now. And what does that do to the freedom of them? So my advice, and it's always been my advice, you can put a small part of your portfolio in it no more than 5%, but I would only put money in it that I personally could afford to lose because too many unknowns with it. However, I think if you let it go and people don't mess it up, I think it can really change how many, many things are done in the United States so they can become investments, but not currency. And last question, Susie, you've been doing this for a while, giving financial advice, personal finance advice, I should say. How has your advice changed? How do you change your thinking to adapt to new circumstances and conditions? How do you evolve your, your line of thought? Yeah. You know, it's what's interesting is even though I've been doing this now over 40 years, can you believe that, mm. Andy? Yes. Is that certain things change at certain times. Like during the pandemic, I was telling everybody, use your credit card, do not use your cash. Save your cash, because in case the credit card companies come along, shut down your credit cards like they did in 2007 and 2008, they lower your credit limit, what are you gonna do? So max yourself up to the, your credit limits. And that's what I said during the pandemic. Now, what I would be telling you is get yourself out of debt, make sure that you have a 12 month emergency fund. 10, 20 years ago, I was at six months. Now I'm at 12 months, you know, things like that. However, the overall advice of personal finance, things that you do that affect you personally, get a will, get a trust, 
get an advanced directive and durable power of attorney for healthcare. Make sure you have a 12 month emergency fund, get yourself out of debt, you know, have your home paid off for by the time you retire, if you're going to stay in that home, things like that. Don't buy bond funds when interest rates are going up. Stay away from universal whole life and variable life insurance policies as an investment. They're horrible. Look into long-term care insurance if you can afford it. All those things are absolutely mm -hmm. identical. And what that says is they're the foundation that your financial lives are built upon because they're like solid bricks that don't move regardless of what's happening in the economy. They're solid. And if you can build a solid financial foundation, no matter what happens, you'll be fine. Susie Orman, co-founder of SecureSave.com and host of the Women and Money podcast. Thank you so much. Anytime, Andy. Good to see you again. You've been watching Influencers. I'm Andy Serwer. We'll see you next time.